Hey everyone out there in UCR land, thank you for joining us again today. It is a super special day in the world, a history-making day for some of us, because it's a day that's been 30 years in the making. That's right, ladies and gents, and everyone out there who has a little Moody Morphin heart. Today we have the international premiere of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always, the reunion movie that stars our good friend, Miss Karen Ashley, and a whole mess of other original rangers and rangers from from the run of the show. If you don't know when it's dropping, well, here we have a handy-dandy international list. Los Angeles time zone, you're in 12 a.m. If you're in New York, it's a hearty 3 a.m. London, you get it nice and early at 8 a.m. And Sydney, Australia, we have to wait until 5 p.m., but it will be worth the wait. So in honour of today's auspicious day, we have a very special UCR Rewind for you. We're going all the way back to Uncensored Radio's earlier days, and we have Karen, Kat, Jeff, and James interviewing the one and only original Blue Ranger, Mr. David Yost, with a surprise appearance by Miss Amy Jo Johnson. So we really hope you stick around and enjoy it and really enjoy Power Rangers once and always. Jeff, Karen, Kat, are you ready for this one? We say it what we want, give it to you non-stop When it plays anytime, not afraid to speak our mind That's just the way we were, we never gonna go Unstoppable, original, uncensored radio Hello everybody, and oh boy do we have a show for you tonight We are Uncensored Radio, and you know we are your guiltiest pleasure Tonight, Jeffrey Emmett is in the house. How are you, Jeffrey? I'm fantastic. Excited yeah. for all the people that are getting to yeah. talk to their hero. I agree. Katrina Johnson has a coffee cough. She's on the line, too. How are you, Kat? Hello. Yes, I think it's the universe protecting our special guest. And that is why I'm losing my voice. Right, and James is our producer. He is greeting the calls tonight. James, I know you're excited about this one. I am. I am very excited. (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm very excited as well, and we're not going to waste any more time because I know we've got a million people in the chat room. We've got a million people waiting to call in and ask questions. David Yost is on the show tonight. David, how are you, my friend? Karen? And everyone else, thank you so much for having me, and I'm doing well. <laughs> You're very thank welcome. You. You're very welcome. Said you, have, you said you have a million people. That's a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people wanting to talk to you. And for those who, like, barely crawled out, out from under a rock, you guys know David Yost. He played Billy on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He's a really great friend of mine. And I'm very happy you're here. Oh, well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here and support you. Thank you. Thank you. David is actually, David and I are really good friends, and we've I've had the pleasure of working with him since Power Rangers on other projects, and he's just a great guy, so I'm glad that everyone gets to talk to him today and, and meet, the, meet the real you, you know, get a chance to meet you. 
What would you say is something that about you that's different from your character, Billy? Because I think sometimes fans think that we're one and the same. What is one thing that's different about you than, than he was? <laughs> uh, I think the most <laughs> noticeable thing would be that he was, uh, you know, super, super intelligent, and I am not intelligent in the way that Billy was intelligent <laughs> as far as as far as books go and getting good grades, is that <laughs> Katrina laughing at me? Yes, <laughs> because I see you in action, and I know better. I know you're very intelligent, especially as a producer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice of you. But, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an inventor. I don't understand science on any level, and Billy was very scientific and always making inventions, and, you know, he was – light years ahead of most people. So, uh, I'm, you know, I was just a very average student in school and all that kind of stuff. So that would be the major difference. It was fun to play an intelligent person. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Cause he was, he was pretty, um, pretty smart. Like we'd have a problem and Billy invented the solution like right on the spot. <laughs> But is that one of the things you hated the most about it? Because I noticed um, throughout the show, since Karen's been on with us, I've gone back and, like, watched it on Netflix. The glasses just seem to disappear, and the the overalls, and all of a sudden you've got, like, buff shirts on. And what what was all that? What happened there? (laughs) Uh, I I, I did hate the overalls. I just thought... You know, I we spent I spent my first season, which was 40 episodes, in overalls, and I just really couldn't handle it uh, <laughs> wearing them for another day. So I did push to move Billy into different types of uh, wardrobe, uh, and the glasses. Honestly, um, you know, I don't mind wearing glasses. I still wear glasses to read at night and things like that. But the glasses that I wore on the show had fake lenses in them, and they hadn't really perfected the craft of making the lenses correct for lighting and stuff like that for the camera so it didn't glare in the camera. So the lenses I had had like a, they would spray doling spray on it. So I was never really seeing clear and I noticed that my eyesight started to change and things like that. So it just became more of a thing where I just was getting frustrated in my personal life with my eyesight changing um, because of the glasses that I was wearing at work. So I just, you know, got rid of them when we went and did the movie and Billy got contact. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because to me, I was like, you know, Billy's so smart, he would have, been, you know, invented something to fix his eyesight. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, he I probably, liked it he when probably, he changed. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> what were you going to say? He probably was. I was going to say he probably invented LASIK surgery, that's all. Exactly. Billy would have <laughs> invented that. I agree. <laughs> So I always, I never asked you this question, but I always wondered what was your audition uh, process like? Because, you know, you're you're part of the original 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 cast. Like you guys, when once we came on, the show was a hit. Um, what was that like when you first auditioned? Um, it was really intense and exciting. Uh, I think, like I I've mentioned to some people, but maybe some people in your audience don't know this yet, but I originally started auditioning uh, for the part of the Red Ranger for Jason. So I had uh, my first three auditions were all for that role um, because I fit sort of the description that they were looking for at that time. Uh, They were looking for somebody that looked like Jason Priestley and kind of had that that look and that's sort of what I looked like at that time. 
And so my mm-hmm. first three auditions were for Jason the Red Ranger, but then something inside me was saying, you know, you're probably not going to get this role. <laughs> so um, I uh, started, I, I asked the casting director, well, would I be able to read for Billy as well? And she said yes. And so then um, I started auditioning for Billy and Jason at the same time, and then eventually they just said, okay, we're going to call you back, but we're only calling you back for Billy. And, uh, you know, it just kind of progressed from there. And I had a total of eight callbacks in total um, until I got got the role of Billy. So it was really on, you know, it was was a crazy, it was like over the course of a month, maybe a little bit more of a month period. And um, it was just really intense. And, you know, every day would bring something new or every week would bring something new. And Mm -hmm. you would be wondering if I'm going to get the job and having to make up excuses at my other job, you know, calling in sick or just not showing up so I could audition for the school. <laughs> what were you doing then? I, 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 I've never I, heard this story. I worked as a room service waiter at a, a really expensive hotel on Sunset Boulevard. Oh, I and, love it. Uh, so, you know, I was like, Whoopi Goldberg lived in the hotel, um, and she, that's the time that she was dating Ted Danson, and uh, Pierce Brosnan would stay there. River Phoenix, before he passed away, was staying there. Um, there was all. It was like amazing the people that would come through there. Um, so it was a really great job. But obviously, mm-hmm. I wanted to be in the same position that all those actors were in. There so, you go. Uh, <laughs> yep. That's that's awesome. Wow. Um, another so thing we didn't get our French fries, but we all got a new childhood hero. I think it worked out. Speaking of childhood heroes, I actually have a question from one of the fans. Um, Let me make sure I get this person's name right. Gary Bingaman asked, who were your heroes growing up? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, I really, I grew up in the era of the original Star Wars. And so, I mean, I was all about that. Uh, stuff, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I really, <laughs> unfortunately, I guess maybe I really identified with Darth Vader. Like I just thought he was like the most amazing thing. <laughs> what? I, I don't, I love it. That makes I, the most sense. I thought I, I was going to get a Princess why. Leia. Did not see that coming. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what that says about me uh, personally, because I'm on maybe I'm on the dark side. But uh, I do, uh, I did love that. And then, God, what was the other show? There was a show on TV, Battlestar Galactica. Like I loved, loved that show as well. So, okay. but, you know, I, I would say Darth Vader was like my biggest, my biggest inspiration growing up. <laughs> I love it. Well, it just tells me that you like to be in control. Like he was willing to do whatever to control everything. <laughs> oh my God, we're gonna get into a psychological analysis. Of Interesting. <laughs> you know, lay on my couch, David, so I can psychoanalyze you. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, all of them, Katrina, Jeff, they've all been psychoanalyzed by me. She's horrible. (laughs) She's a monster. She's a monster. She really is. I'm Darth Vader, too. (laughs) I think I like Darth Vader also. (laughs) Good, good. We're on the same team. Exactly. So (laughs) how did you parlay? Obviously, you were acting. You did this huge show. Um, then you decided to go into producing. How did you shift gears and go into producing as opposed to, you know, pounding the pavement 
I know you were still, you know, getting other acting roles, but it seemed like producing became your love at some point. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a combination out of necessity to pay bills and also just like being interested in that aspect of the entertainment industry. Uh, I just remember mm-hmm. watching uh, Jonathan, one of our producers on Power Rangers. Um, you know, I just was always fascinated by his job, and I loved his work ethic and his moral standard, and I based a lot of, you know, my stuff as a producer on him and his his philosophy of how he did things. And I just thought mm-hmm. he always ran an amazing ship. And, um, right. you know, so... When I came back from Mexico after having my nervous breakdown, I wasn't really sure about really <clears throat> acting 100%. I mean, I still wanted to be an actor, but I just thought, well, I'll, you know, I'll start working towards being a producer too because then maybe eventually I'll produce my own stuff. And, uh, you know, I had to start off like everybody else. I became a PA and I got people coffee and took out the trash and cleaned the toilets and all that kind of stuff. But Luckily, my smarts uh, helped me move up pretty quickly, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have to hang out there too long doing that kind of stuff, but then I just started working right. on documentaries and then on reality TV shows and just kept going from there. Right. But, and see, that's the thing, people don't know. Yeah, no, people don't know. Like, you've worked on several known shows. Can you, you want to list some of those? Because they don't even realize that you you're, you've been in the mix for a long time. You know, I think they get confused because you're not acting, but you're like you're producing major shows. You're part of major production companies. Yeah, I mean, I've worked on a lot of trashy, so to speak. my favorite. Right. But I, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not always. I mean, I love obviously the production companies that I work for, and I support everything that they do. Um, but yeah. you know, just like it's not always the thing that you really want to be working on. I mean, a lot of times it's just for a paycheck. But, yes, I've worked on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. The first reality, big reality show that I did was um, Temptation Island way back in the day. Um, You know, so (laughs) there's there's been like a slew of other stuff, movies of the week that have aired on uh, Fox and on Lifetime. And uh, I have like three shows that are on Cartoon Network now that are live action shows that um, mm-hmm. I'm really proud of, and uh, I think they're funny. And the people that we get to guest star on the shows are just like some of the hottest comics and comedians in Hollywood right now. So it's just fun to come to set and work with so many talented people that that uh, really kind of inspire you and at least make you laugh at the end of the day. Right. Well, if you're looking for two uh, women, I've got two right here that, you know, for a small (laughs) fee I could hook you up with. Um, (laughs) You're you're pimping them out, huh? Absolutely. How how do you think she's going to – what is it? Where are we going? Lexicon? I'm like, we're going. Yeah. He's like signing me up for many, many conventions this year, and I was like, what? What are we doing? I already arranged it. I've negotiated your rate. I'm like, oh my nice. god. Well, I'll be at, I'll be at Lex I'll be at Lexington Comic Con too, so I'll be happy to see you there. Yeah, it'll it'll be great. It'll be great. We all have now, to go get into trouble. Okay. David, you gonna get into trouble with us? I'll do my best. How I mean, how much trouble could we possibly get into in Lexington, Kentucky? Have uh, you met Katrina? I got a new purse that holds a full wine bottle, so. 
Okay, change my mind. We can get into a lot of trouble. <laughs> David, can we, I can we dial? With you. <laughs> you what? I, I just I, I, I want to dial. Oh, Miss Girl, no. Go ahead. Um, I just want to dial back for a second because you mentioned um, you had a little breakdown, and I know yes. you know. I think everybody at this point kind of knows you. You went through the ringer a little bit in your personal life, and I just I kind of want to know like what was that like for you at that time, and what. How did you get through it? Because I think there's a lot of kids out there who are going through it now that they look up to. And, you know, you were their superhero. And to know that you went through the same thing, I think, speaks a lot to them. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was like, uh, I, oh, God, I don't even know where to begin with this. It was really difficult <laughs> for me to to be a gay person and to grow up as a religious person uh, and just sort of my whole battle with myself was being gay and also being in the the right side of God as people say. And uh <clears throat> so that was Were you Catholic? A big conflict from, not Catholic, but I grew up very similar to Mormonism. I grew up in a, a church called the Reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Um very good people, very liberal people, but you still hear the things in the Bible that people think that it says and, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. But I also grew up in uh, states like Montana, in Colorado, in Iowa. And, uh, you know, it's those aren't – I can remember being in middle school. I, it, was, it was either eighth or ninth grade. I can't remember specifically. And this is when Rock Hudson, uh, who was a famous actor back in the 50s and 60s, uh, mm-hmm. contracted the AIDS virus and died mm-hmm. of AIDS. Right. And this is like the first time that we're sort of hearing about AIDS. But I can remember being in Montana, and I remember being in PE class, and I remember people really talking about gay people that day because of Rock Hudson and how bad it was and see this is what happens and those, I don't know what type of language I'm allowed to use on your show, so I'll refrain from using You can use any language. We're uncensored. (laughs) Okay. I'll use the word fag, you know, like they they were Mm -hmm. using that word. And I can just remember, like, just, realizing that I was like Rock Hudson and, you know, I'm here I am in Montana and I just, there wasn't wow. really anybody that I knew of that was like me. And so I can just remember really struggling and really, you know, hating myself at that point because you know you're like this and you hear everybody saying all these bad things about you and you're not really sure what to do about it or and you question yourself, well, why am I like this? So well, how old I, were you when you realized? Because I, I was like you, I went to Catholic school my whole life. I didn't know any gay people. I didn't even know what it was. So when did you realize what was going on? I knew that I was attracted to other guys or boys, whatever, since the time I was three. Like, I have a very distinct memory at three years old of being attracted to my neighborhood, my neighbor boy. (laughs) My neighbor. Whatever. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, the whole neighborhood so, you know, is very nice. Me too. Yeah. I always knew, but I thought it was something that would go away or that I could definitely pray away or that I didn't have to acknowledge. It was something mm-hmm. that I just tried to shut off um, and, and stay away from. Unfortunately, it doesn't really work that way. No. Uh, right. <clears throat> so, anyways... Getting back to my breakdown, so, you know, just for me, the, the struggle was always like, I, I don't know, you know, just, I just kept continuing to hear that I was bad and that I was wrong and 
this, that, and the other. And I thought, well, once I get out of middle school, it'll be different in high school. And I thought, well, once I get out of high school, it'll be different. I'll be in college. And then I still heard the same shit in college. And so then I was like, okay, well, once I get out of college and I get into the real world, I won't have to listen to any of this stuff. And then you get into the real world and people are still calling you a fag and people are still making fun of you and, you know, still making you feel bad about yourself. And you have all these preachers on TV like Joel Olstein or Pat Robertson spewing their crap about it's not right, right in the eyes of God and uh, hate the sin, but uh, whatever they say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. hate, the sinner, but, hate the sin, but love the sinner kind of thing, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, you right. keep hearing that and eventually it just, it adds up and it, for me, I did everything in my power to have what we consider to be God to change me. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't work, and it just led me to have a nervous breakdown. And uh, it was a really scary, traumatic experience uh, to feel like you're losing your mind and to sort of be on the fence. Like, I, I really do understand what it's like sometimes when you see homeless people and they're kind of speaking to imaginary people. Yeah, I was kind of on that fence. Like, I understood, like, if I kept going, I could probably potentially literally lose my mind. Um, Right. So, luckily, I got help when I needed help. And, you know, I I did try to kill myself. I thought about it quite often. Uh, It was something that I struggled with for a long time. And, uh, you know, I know, unfortunately, that other people still struggle with that, and that's why I get so very upset with um, religious leaders and even people within our own government that still continue to bash gay people um, because they don't realize that, you know, it just takes that little comment, and that little comment could throw somebody off a bridge, could cause them to shoot themselves in the head. You know, it could could do a lot of damage. So, um, you know, I just, I hope people hear what I've been through and that they know that there is hope and that there is opportunity. Um, Unfortunately, like a guy I knew, he was a photographer here in Hollywood who was gay and he really, he struggled with depression and alcoholism, but also with being gay. And he recently committed suicide just a few days before Christmas. So even after, you know, it's just not adolescence. It's people that go into their adulthood. Um, you know, we think we're done with the darkness, and unfortunately, it still might be there. So, right. anything I can right. do to help alleviate that for people, I I hope they hear my story and that I can help guide them maybe in some direction. <clears throat> right. So, obviously, you you mentioned you got help for someone who's feeling that way or is on that edge. You know, what was it? What was the turning point for you to where you said? You know, was it was it therapy? Was it family? Was there was there a moment that changed things for you? Well, I can just remember, <clears throat> I, I I was just driving down the street one day, and I just uh, you know I just thought I really felt myself losing my mind. I was in Los Angeles, and I just. You know, I just said, God, I'm sorry. It was it was the whole me trying to pray the gay away stuff. You know, I just really thought this mm-hmm. is going to happen. And I just was coming to the realization this isn't going to change. And I just said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. And I just need to get help. And so I drove myself to Cedar sinai Emergency Room and uh, spent some time there. But I decided it would be more important for me to go home and spend time with my, go to a hospital that's closer to my family. 
So mm-hmm. I left the hospital and I jumped on a plane and went to the hospital. The turning point just was like I just couldn't take it anymore. I was tired of hating myself. I was tired of being depressed. I was tired of letting other people dictate who I need to be. Good for um, you. And so, you know, it was just kind of that kind of thing. But it wasn't like this magical moment. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I had right. months and years of trying to get myself back to what I think is a normal level um, of functioning in the world. Uh, it wasn't, you know, this whole gay reparative therapy is extremely damaging. And I don't care what anybody right. says or what kind of stuff that they put out there as far as scientific evidence on one side. Um, it is extremely damaging to your mental psyche. And um, anybody that says differently is fooling themselves. And uh, I think we're pretty clear now that it doesn't work. Um, right. So right. I just, uh, you know, if you're if people out there are involved in that, I just really want them to know that, they are 100% perfect the way that they are. And yep. people telling you differently is completely bogus. And I'm sorry, you know, I'm I'm sorry that these types of things exist because they, they create a lot of damage. You're, as a gay person, sometimes you're already damaged as it is because, like I said, when you're growing up, you hear all these bad things. So you right. automatically mm-hmm. think you're bad. And then you think you're getting help. But the help that you think you're getting, they're continuing to tell you you're bad. They're not helping you accept yourself. So it's, I don't know, it's a vicious circle. Right. And it's a very dark, dark circle. Wow. Thank you for being so honest. You know, it it definitely is a sign of strength in my my mind, in my heart, when I hear someone being so honest about a very vulnerable time because – you you obviously, Absolutely. I mean, we saw, I've known you for so long, but I, when we saw you at Morphicon, I mean, it was obvious the love the fans have for you. I mean, there was an auditorium filled from the front to the back for David. Like, it was amazing to watch. So for you to be so honest is such a beautiful thing because I, I don't even – I don't even I don't even know if you know the magnitude of what your words and your experience is doing for other people. I, I know you as a personal friend, so I love you. And But, like, them, I know that they hold on sometimes to every word we say, and, and, and that's it's such a beautiful thing for you to be so honest about everything. Absolutely. Well, we have Thank a you. caller. I, I want to take – yeah, no problem. We have a caller. Um, her name is Ophelia. Hi, Ophelia. She's calling from Singapore. Wow. Hello. Um, yeah, hi. I just want to say that I've been a fan. The last time uh, when my team of Power Ranger was on, I was a teenager, and now um, I'm uh, over 30 years old. But I've never forgotten my team of Power Rangers, and um, I've been waiting for each individual's actors, like whether what project they're on, and I try to watch them. And now Amy okay. Jo Johnson is at the uh, fresh point. So I'm quite yeah. happy to see that um, some of them have advanced in their career, and uh, I'm very happy for them. Yeah, did you have a question for David? Uh, no, I just want to call and say that I've, I've been a fan, I've always been a fan, and that's all I want to say. Aw, well, well, thank, thank you thank so you much. For, thank you for being a fan of Power Rangers, and... I might have a little surprise for everybody towards the end of the show regarding Amy Jo Johnson. Ooh, a- <laughs> we're interested. <laughs> wow. Oh, how are you going to steal my thunder? Okay, <laughs> me and you, we're going to have words at Kentucky, homeboy. 
David, and he'll forget what he was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) One of the people in the chat room, they had asked um, earlier in the week, they said, if you were able to write, produce, and direct an episode of Power Rangers, what would it be about? Huh. Well, I did, when I was on Power Rangers, I did, here's my dark side. I did write an episode. <laughs> I, I did. I found it the other day, and I was reading it, and uh, it was an episode uh, about Billy, of course, because maybe I was narcissistic at that time. Hey, and you gotta I get the, the camera epi- time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyways, it was like sort of giving Billy's Billy's backstory about his mother and how Billy never had a mother. She was never established on the show, um, so mm-hmm. she had, in my mind, she had died of cancer when she was seven years old. I mean, when he was seven years old, which I thought might be, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of kids out there who have lost their parents, so I thought it might be something that would be relevant to some kids. And so I wrote Absolutely. this about how uh, Billy's mom had passed away of cancer, and uh, I don't remember if it's Lord Zed or Rita Repulsa creates a monster that's called the Transformation Monster. And mm-hmm. uh, this monster can transform into anything it wants. And it transformed into Billy's mother and appeared before Billy and uh, was talking to Billy and really, you know, kind of messed with Billy's head. And so Billy kind of lost lost himself a little bit, and he decides he's going to go off on his own, and he's going to take care of Lord Zed for once and for all. So he he manages somehow to transport himself into uh, Zed's chamber and... Mm -hmm. um, and then the rest of the team has to kind of come and help mm-hmm. get Billy out. Because once you're in Lord Zed's chamber, you can't teleport out. So it was like having to figure this way to get out and all this kind of stuff. Um, so it was a really dark... You're dealing with some demons. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did send it to... I gave it to one of the producers on the show, and they were just like, I, I don't know that that's... You know, episode, but I don't know that it's really right for kids' television. So you know what, though, I bet you anything they would have done it now. Like in today's time, it wouldn't be a thing. Yeah, probably, probably. I was rereading yeah. it the other day, and I, I kind of, I really liked it. I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Again, being narcissistic, as I am, being a writer. But uh, I love it. Yeah. So that that would probably be the episode. I mean, it was. It, I thought it was fun and exciting and scary and everything at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I love that. I like that kind of an episode. Well, you know, let's take some more callers because they've been waiting for quite a while. This person's actually been waiting the entire show. Um, <laughs> hey, caller, what is your name and where are you calling from? Hi. Hello. Hi, what's your name? Eric. Hi, Eric. Do you have a question for David? I do. Um, I was wondering, I know your schedule is kind of hectic and whatnot, but is there ever a chance that you might visit Indiana and maybe do a meet and greet in Indy or Bloomington? Um, I don't have anything scheduled along those lines right now. I know I am going to be speaking, uh, well, this is a whole different state, in Illinois. (laughs) At uh, the University of Illinois. uh, if I had anything in, I mean, nothing is scheduled in Indiana right now. Um, there's there's always possibly opportunities for me to make my way out that way. But, um, you know, I don't know how far you're willing to travel to go to different cons that might be a few hours away from you. 
Um, that might be the best way. I'll try to post on my Facebook page or on Twitter, like all the different cons that I'll be attending this year. And then maybe you'd uh-huh. be able to find one that might be close to you. Awesome. I, we did get another question a, a few days ago where a fan was asking if you liked um, getting fan mail or have you kind of stepped away from it? And if you do like getting fan mail, where can they send stuff <laughs> so that they can, like, write you and maybe request autographs and those kind of things? Yeah, I mean, I love fan mail. I get fan mail all the time. I mean, what a lot of people do now is just direct message me on or private message me on Facebook. And I I will answer you. Sometimes it will be immediate. Sometimes it might not be for one or two months. I apologize. Um, <laughs> So, not that I would know anything about that. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, Keep going. It's not, it's not, I'm not trying to avoid people. It's just there's times where I sit down because, you know, I'll read them, but then to really go back and answer them, it's like you really have to sit down and be prepared because I answer, like, a lot all at once. Yeah. So um, yeah, no. that's why sometimes this- it takes takes me a little while. Yeah, and I was going to say, this is, David is a busy man. Like, we'll say, okay, let's have lunch. And, I mean, it'll be, like, three weeks later, we finally coordinate schedules and we're able to do it. And it's just like, okay, we got an hour, we got a two-hour window, and it's just, it's, it's so busy, especially, you know, working in the industry. We've got another right. caller. She's actually someone who is one of our favorites. Hey, Bree, how are you? Hello. My question for David is, okay, I have hydrocephalus, and so Uh I have always wanted to learn how to do flips and stuff, and so I figured I'd ask you this question since you're in gymnastics and stuff. And so would it be best for a person who wants to learn how to do flips and stuff, like if they have stuff that has to do with, like, head injury and stuff, would it be best if they use a helmet? I would say absolutely, 100%, yes. Um, yeah. And depending on how you decide to to learn how to do flips, I mean, probably the best way now would be to find a gym that has a trampoline, and along with the trampoline, they strap you in, and then you sort of learn how to flip that way. I would say that's probably the safest way. Um, right. But when I was growing up, doing gymnastics we didn't really have any of that and there were plenty of times where I hit my head so I would hate for you to hit your head um, you know if it's going to cause you further injury or stuff like that always protect yourself always yeah yeah and and also consult your doctor yeah yeah. ask your doctor baby we need you we need Brie in our lives (laughs) hey guys I have a question yeah. Okay. Go ahead, David. Kim I am a firm believer that blondes have more fun. Now, I know you're on my team with this, so I need to know what are some of the fun things that you do to amuse yourself on the set? Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to. You're sorry. a dirty blonde. I- I, yeah, well, no, I thought I thought she was going to be like, you know, you've gone back and forth between having blonde hair and streak. You know, I, I thought you were going to make fun of me on like that half part. blonde for a while. Yeah, I had, I had a skunk hair. I had skunk hair. So, uh, <laughs> we all did. We all did. It's okay. 
It was so in style. No one thought of it that way. <laughs> uh, what? So what are some of the fun things I like to do on set? Was that your question? Yes. How do you amuse yourself? I I probably, you know, this is probably one of my biggest faults, I guess, uh, in life, is that I'm a very serious person uh, when it comes to work and work ethic. And so, like, maybe I don't have as much fun as I should on set oh, because dear. I'm just focused on doing <laughs> I'm just focused <laughs> on doing the Wow. Job. And so, um, so well. it's, it's, not that, it's not that I didn't uh, have fun and enjoy people's practical jokes and stuff like that. And it's not that I didn't chime in on them, but, you know, I just, <laughs> I just really enjoy working on set and as an actor. And so I was just always focused in that sense. So it's not that I don't have fun and play around, but I'm really, I like to have fun outside of work. You know, speaking of fun on the set, right before you came on with us, we, uh, Karen, James, and I were having a little discussion. Now, are you the one that likes uh, peanut butter and fly sandwiches? Oh, yeah, I love them. They're my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought Dylan Frank did that to Steve. I didn't know he did that to you. That's horrible. It's it's gross, like, when you think about it. And, uh, but, you know, I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was in there, and I ate it. So, whatever. Oh! Okay, so. I mean, you watch Go go ahead. No, go ahead, please. (laughs) No, I just say, say you watch shows like Survivor and the crap that they have to eat. So, I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, before we get another caller, I've got to know, can you tell us an embarrassing story about Karen? Because she told us some about you. You just didn't know. I've never told an embarrassing story about him. I don't know that I have any embarrassing stories about Karen. Karen was a good girl. Um, I do have... I do have a picture that she would hate if I posted. Clean yeah. post. I'll I sent it to her. I sent I sent it to her, and she was mortified. But it's like when we were when we went off to do the movie, and uh, the original helmets like didn't have mouthpieces. They painted our face silver, like our mouth area silver. And so uh-huh. I have a picture of Karen just sitting there with her silver makeup on, and it just looks ridiculous. And. Uh, <laughs> You can post it. I'm not. I don't. I'm not easily embarrassed. Yep, no <laughs> David, do you, are you the one that has the photo of her getting sick while they were doing the uh, uh, skydiving? Remember when I, I was growing know. up? When we were on, I was on the. I think it has to be Jason Frank, but I was up on it's the ropes and. Yeah, and I was, like, throwing up in a bucket. <laughs> well, David, I just want to say, if you get your hands on that photo, I'm willing to pay a lot of money. Me, too. So on the on the throw-up photo, I can I can arrange that. Oh, yeah. yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. But what, what's the one? I think it's to take a call. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, they want, they want to see me, like, not so serious. Like, they want to catch me, you know. Uh, that's why they want an embarrassing moment. I keep telling them, like, you know, I didn't really do much. I was actually pretty boring. If I could do it all over again, that's one thing I probably would do is probably enjoy that moment more than I did, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, let's take another caller. Hello, Tommy. How are you, Tommy? Fine. Hi, you have a question for David? 
Yes. Um, what was it like being okay? Empowering Jazio when he, when the aging thing happened to him. What was it like? I mean, what was the situation going on of you not being a ranger? Why did you? Why did the producers decide to not make you a ranger again? Hmm. Well, I don't Ooh, know. Ooh, scandal! <laughs> scandal! <laughs> I don't know that I have the answer for that, honestly. Uh, other than, you know, I I know that the creator, Haim Saban, uh, always liked the idea of, like, what they do in Japan, and that's always switching the cast every year, mm-hmm. and which he does do now. Uh, but, you know, I think it kind of led itself to that. And, yes, I was getting older and all that kind of stuff, so I'm sure maybe that played a part into it as well. But I, I honestly don't have the answer as to why they didn't continue my character on as a Power Ranger in Zio. Um, that would be something to ask them, not me. Um, yeah. I just was there to, to say my lines and get my mark. That's right. You know, wow. And when we, we've talked about it with Karen. Like when they switched the three people out, yes. what, was, what was going on behind the scenes? Like was it chaotic? Was there fighting? How bad what really was it? I don't think it was chaotic, and I don't remember. There was no fighting. It was just like three actors stood their ground for what they believed they should get, and uh, the the production company didn't agree, and they were just released to their contracts. And, I mean, it was never crazy or chaotic. It was just like one day they were there and one day they weren't there. And then we shut down production, so to speak, and we did a – a casting search for three new people and the three new ones came in, but I don't, there was never any craziness. It, it was like, the hour, like ah, who are these new bitches? Like, you know, David <laughs> <laughs> was actually so super nice. I remember our first day on set, we had a, a wardrobe fitting and he came up to the set cause he heard we were going to be there just to meet us like one-on-one, like without everybody around. And he was so super nice. That's what I remember. Well, I'm glad you remember that. Because I was the one and only time I was ever nice. Otherwise, I was a total bitch. Right. And he was like, these bitches. I knew it. If you want to be nice, you could could do a new um, version of Temptation Island, and it could be me and all of the straight male rangers on one island. Oh, God. <laughs> happened. Temptation Island. Ranger Slayer right, Edition. Ranger Slayer Edition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to take another call. <laughs> it could be a gold mine on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Right. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Nate, how are you doing, Nate? I'm doing great, guys. Um, my question is uh, for Dave. How are you doing, by the way? And, I'm good. Thank um, you, Nate. Um, and also, I was wondering, how did it feel um, to play a bully in the episode of uh, Ranger Punk, uh, Punk Ranger, on season one, yeah. where you guys, you and uh, Kimberly became... Um, like, uh, under some sort of spell, you guys turn, like, bad, like, rebels and stuff. How did it feel to transition to that character? And also, I was wondering if you could uh, give a shout-out to uh, Morphin Legacy, uh, Tiny Chat. Uh, they're watching right now. So I was wondering if you could do that as well. 
Okay. Uh, well, first part, uh, it was obviously it's fun. Obviously, I mean, they did this a lot with Amy, Joe, and I in the first season. It seemed like they let our characters kind of be different things, and so mm-hmm. obviously, it's fun to to be something different than just intellectual Billy that nobody understands. So uh, <laughs> it was it was fun to break. It was fun to break character and to be kind of mean and be kind of a jerk and uh, get to beat up Bulk. I don't know if that was that. I'm pretty sure it was in that episode. Like, I kind of pushed Bulk around a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's fun to do that. And I'm going to – did you guys put him on mute? Because I need – I didn't catch the full name Oh, of, yeah. You know what? I can grab him back. Hey, Nate, can you? who was a shout-out to? Uh, it's to um, this uh, – chat page that's listening right now. It's called um, Morphin Legacy's uh, Tiny Chat and I want to see if you okay. uh, can give a shout out to them right now. Sure. So, okay. hey Morphin Legacy, here's a shout out. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Uncensored Radio and uh, I hope you're enjoying your time and uh, thank you for listening, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you, you say shout out makes me giggle. Because <laughs> you know, because you know, I got my street cred. I'm shouting. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. He said shout out. You Karen's giving him street cred. <laughs> I have given. I have given him street cred. I told him. I've told him how to. You know. You know. I've taught him a lot of words. Uh, David knows how to dance. David, you you want me to tell oh, you yeah. the dance you do with the broom? <laughs> what? Karen, Karen taught me all kinds of stuff. She hooked me up. <laughs> we, so we why didn't so he? On the set. <laughs> so we should have him come be our dance instructor on Uncensored Reality? Is that what you're Absolutely. telling me? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so before, before we go on any farther and we take any more <laughs> questions, I'm going to do a little yeah. surprise for everybody right now. So oh, I'm, awesome. I'm, walk, I'm walking into a house, and I'm going to have somebody else give a little shout-out to everybody. Oh, nice. Fine. Let's see here. Where's Amy Jo? <laughs> Where's Amy Jo? <laughs> hey, Amy Jo, say hi. 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 How are you, Amy? Say my name. Hello. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Hi. How's it going, girl? I've you in forever. Yeah. Hey, Karen. How's it oh, going? Hang on, I can't hear you. Hi, Karen. Okay. I'm, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. You don't even understand. The fans are probably going berserk. We've got oh, so many people listening. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You have to come on one day. How are you? I, I, will, I, I know I you're a mom now, and how's life? Life is fantastic. How is your life? It's great. It's great. We have to catch up. Oh, my God. We had so much fun in Australia, me and you. <laughs> we did. We used to go get our tarot cards read all the time. <laughs> we had so much fun. Like, we made friends, and we were just all over that city. Wow. Okay, David so, just wanted me to say hi. All right. Yeah, well, you know what? Yes, thank you for tell me saying how to get hello. in touch with you. I want to talk to you okay. and hang out with you. Absolutely. Are you back in L.A.? No. Oh, well, for four days. And then I'm, I'm going oh. back home. <laughs> okay. Well, when you're anyway. back, let me know, and we'll do it. Okay. Okay. Here's Bye. Thing. Bye. Ouch. 
She hit me on the ass. Oh, so, anyway, oh. I hope everybody's right. surprised that we got to talk to Amy Jo Johnson, too. So it's kind of I oh, know. That was so very sweet. You don't even understand. The fans are going bonkers in the chat room. They are going bonkers. So it's, thank you, I was Dave. totally it's, trying to pull that surprise on you, too, trying to hunt this girl down, finding who <laughs> she really is on, like, Facebook and Twitter, trying to surprise you, too, and you did to us. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome okay so we only have about 13 minutes left i want to take as many callers as possible because i know they're dying to ask you questions so we're going to speed okay. through these calls okay david sounds great um let's see we have got brandon on the line brandon you have a question for david am i boycotting with the bear all right. You got a so, question for David? Can I ask two? You can ask one. Make them quick, we got, yeah. We got like 24 callers waiting. Okay. Okay. So, uh, David, um, <laughs> I got to say, I, what was the process like for you kind of developing the character of Billy? Because, like, at the beginning, it's like, uh, you know, he was like, so, like you know, the nerdy guy, but then he got more, ca- uh, more casual, more popular, kind of more – a leader type, you know, how did you as an actor kind of put that forward? Like, you know, how was that for you? Yeah, I mean, okay. I just uh, I just wanted Billy to progress as a human being, and uh, I just think, you know, I just wanted to switch him up every chance I got a little bit just to help him grow so that he wasn't just such a narrow, one-dimensional character. Um, and so, you know, He's always going to be intelligent. He's always going to be smart. And, uh, you know, but it doesn't mean that he can't have other interests like uh, being more physical and being more challenged in other ways. Uh, and having, I think he had like eight or nine girlfriends, so he was pretty crazy. But uh, <laughs> I uh, I just really, as an actor, enjoyed playing him and enjoyed getting to go on the ride with him to see where he, he ended up. So, uh you know, I, I did have some influence on that, but it was also the writers and the producers as well. Right, right. Okay, right. so we have another caller on the line. His name is Jeremy. Hold on, if I get Jeremy on the line. Hey, Jeremy, you have a question for Hi, David? Karen. Hi, Hi, Karen. How are you? Good. I'm good. How are uh, you? Good. Um, so, David, uh, I was at MorphCon. It was a pleasure to meet you. Um, I know... No one really talks about the movie suits that often. So, how were they? And what, besides being in the movie, what's your favorite movies? Uh, the movie suits were extremely heavy, but they were, I thought, kick-ass. I thought they looked really cool. Um, so, so, I mean, that was that was great. But yeah, they were really a pain to put on and to wear and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And the second question is, what is my favorite movie? Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite movie? Um, well, I have a lot, but the one – this is really going to make me sound like a gay guy. But uh, the one that I like the most is a movie called Terms of Endearment. And I can watch that movie uh, how many times, and I, I cry every time. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's a great movie, though. That's a classic. Okay, we've got Adam yeah. on the line. Adam, what is your question for Dave Diaz? Am I on? Am I on? Yeah, yes. you're on. Hello. Oh, hi, hi, David. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi, uh, my, uh, my question is, uh, my question is, uh, 
in the movie, uh, how to feel to change suits. Like, from, like, nylon spandex to, like, plastic. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I thought it was great because it's so embarrassing to wear spandex because I have, like, <laughs> really skinny, skinny chicken legs. And so, like, when we got to wear the movie suits, it made it look like I had really muscular legs, and it, it was so much better. So thank you yeah. for that question. Yeah, I agree. Spandex is like very like it's like walking around in your underwear. Like it just was yeah. not cool. Y'all <laughs> look fine to me. Okay, I just yeah. laughed that y'all look fine. Yeah, you get you get like self conscious, I guess you know. But we have another call. Hello, Nicholas. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. You have a question for David Yost? Yes. What is that? And, um, <laughs> I know there must have been like a lot of fun times on set, but like, what were like your least favorite times on set? Like, what stuff did you like hate doing? Good question. Did I hate? What stuff did I hate doing? Hmm. I hated doing voiceovers. <laughs> so, oh. Oh. Like, we have to, when we'd have to go into a booth and like when you see us in costume and we're fighting, we'd have to go in there and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And make those kind of noises. Uh, I don't know. That was always I was very self conscious doing that. And uh, I mean, I didn't. I shouldn't say I hated it. It was obviously part of the job. But I don't know. I just liked being on set and being around the cameras and all that kind of stuff. I enjoyed that a lot more than going into a booth and doing voiceovers. Right. So I have a question. Um, what is like? What's on your iPod right now? Like, what what do you like listening to? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I was looking at that the other day, and I really like uh, like some. Inter- I like a lot of Rihanna, and I question that. And uh, <laughs> why do you question it? <laughs> You're funny, man. <laughs> and like, uh, I'm not going to say people's names right, but is it Tao Cruz or something like that? How do you yeah, say his name? Tao no, Cruz. And Tao Cruz and Usher, and I don't know. I just have such. I was like, wow, I really like some. Weird music. No, it's not weird. It's, it's, it's yeah. music. Yeah. I like it. I like, it's party music. I like all the I like all the remix versions of their songs. So it's like more dance dancey type stuff. Housey. Like club yeah. stuff. Housey, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Who knew? Well, I have to party. Yeah. I told you I got my street cred, girl. David is high on the list with street cred. Man, this is awesome. You know, we got another call. Jennifer Richard. How are you, Jennifer? I'm good, Karen. How are you? I'm wonderful. Do you have a question for David? Yes, I do. David, um, how did you get started in the whole Power Ranger routine? The routine as far as the TV show? I think she's talking maybe the choreography. Uh, is that what you're talking about, Jennifer? The choreography, or like what do you what do you mean? Um, basically like all the moves and stuff. All the choreography. Um, well, we work with a stunt coordinator and our stunt people, and uh, you know we they choreograph a fight sequence for us. And we just learn the moves and we go through it and we film it on camera. It's very uh, stylized and uh, very 
safe and you you know things look like we're hitting each other but we really aren't hitting each other it's all done with camera <laughs> angles and cheating things right we try not <laughs> to hit each other had steve <laughs> ever tried to choke you and teach you how to get out of that <laughs> <laughs> no that he never no i mean jason frank for sure but steve, no, i would no. i would have i would have kicked i would have kicked steve's ass I don't know. I don't know, David. He was tough. He had his hands around my throat. I was afraid for my life. No, you know what we like, did, David? On the what? reality show, we took a class with Steve, one of his oh, yeah. jiu-jitsu classes, and he showed us how to get out of a chokehold. And then they, they, they put my fat ass in yoga. It was like hell on earth. <laughs> oh, yoga is awesome. I yeah, passed out. I just me- collapsed. And you know Steve's girlfriend, she was like, it, we were like, it looked like somebody walked in and threw a bucket of water on each one of us. <laughs> like we were dying. And the yoga class was only like 10 minutes long. <laughs> it was a riot. It was a riot. Like there's no reason why it would, should have been so difficult for all of us. <laughs> and let me clarify so people don't think like I'm bagging on Steve. Steve lives two blocks away from me. We're extremely yeah. good friends. And I think he's an amazing teacher. He is. I've taken classes with him. And he would That's for sure thing. kick my ass if it really came down to the – came down to the, so. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. You and your street cred, my money's on you now. <laughs> <laughs> my oh, money yeah. is on you. Okay, so we only have four minutes before the show ends. Scott, you're on the line. You have a question for David? Yeah, hi, David. I, I was wondering if, if – if you've ever um, realized that um, it, it's been art imitating life, as far as um, well, you you starting in in front of the camera and then moving behind the scenes by working with Adult Swim and stuff, like like how Billy was on the battlefield as the Blue Mighty Morphin Ranger, and then moved to the command center for Zio. Um, I, I haven't honestly thought about it in that, in that term, uh, but I, I, can, I can see what you're going for. I, and I don't disagree with you. Yeah. So thank you for pointing I, that out to me. I know, right? Who thought of that? I've never even thought. Okay. Kevin, how are you, Kevin? You're on the line with David Yost. Do you have a question? Yes. Um, sadly in 2001, we lost the original Yellow Ranger. So I was hoping you could honor her memory by sharing with us some of your best memories of the late Tweet Trang. Oh, great question. Yeah, it's a great, great question. question. Uh, Twee uh, was just so beautiful in in uh, in real life. I mean, she's beautiful on screen, but when you saw her in person, she was just stunning. And uh, mm-hmm. she had an amazing laugh, and um, I enjoyed working with her greatly. Uh, she was she was a lot of fun. So I have a picture of her. She's always doing her hair. <laughs> so um, I have a picture of her, like, spraying hairspray in her hair, and I, I see that picture all the time when I go through my uh, some of my Power Ranger stuff, and it just makes me laugh because she's always doing her hair. Aw. Well, David, yeah. I thank you. That is a great way to end the interview. I thank you for coming on. Um, thank you for surprising us with Amy Joe. I know the fans are even more in love with you for doing that for them. <laughs> <laughs> Over the, you know, course of, gosh, it's been since 95 that we met, and you have always been such a great friend to me. 
And now, you know, that I'm getting into producing and you've been even a even more better friend. You've been, uh, you know, giving me pet talks. You've always stayed positive. And I just really appreciate you being in my life. And I'm so glad you were able to come on on Sunset Radio. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And, you know, I would love to come back some other time and talk more. And yeah. thank you to all Maybe of the fans out call. there. Yeah, and thanks to everybody that's listening and that is going to be listening in the future, I guess. But uh, thanks for being in the chat room and talking and asking me questions. I greatly appreciate it. And, you know, you can message me on Facebook or on Twitter, and I'll try to answer as quickly as possible. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so David. Much. Have a great night. You guys, too. I'm going to go eat dinner with Amy Joe now. All right. <laughs> Have fun. Give her a hug. Give her a big hug for me. I will. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. David Yost. That was awesome. Where, can we get yeah, a round of applause amazing. or something? Yeah, let's get a round of applause. Do we know where the applause is? I don't I'm even know where oh, it's at. I got it. Yeah. <clears throat> so that wow. was totally like a little mini reunion. You, David, and Amy Joe, how cute. I know. See, he's... He's funny. He totally surprised us <laughs> over me. <laughs> I know. I'm going to get him in lexicon. I'm getting him a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> oh, I think he probably will never eat peanut butter and jelly again. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I that to listen to the show. I just like that I get to go listen to the show on demand now because I didn't hear any of the interview. <laughs> oh, poor James. Oh, you're going to love it, James. You're going to love it. <laughs> oh. You did such the a great job, Dave. We took like 12, 13 callers. So, people, I, I wish we could have taken more callers. But, you know, obviously David had uh, dinner plans. And, you know, our show's not very long. But guess what's coming up next? We have got – the fans taking over. AMC Press is going to continue the show, continue the party, and probably break down the whole David Yost and surprise appearance from Amy Joe. Like, they're going to talk about it all. So, you guys, stay tuned for more Uncensored Radio, and the fans are taking over. So, hey, fans, guys, uh, I hope you guys uh, don't talk about us too bad. That's right. Oh, do we got music? We got music. We there it goes. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. We hope you really enjoyed that flashback. It's been well, many, many years, but it's good to hear Miss Karen Ashley talking to Mrs. Amy Joyce and Amy Jo Johnson. So if you missed out on the show or you ever want to check out our huge back catalogue, uh, we have everything on audio as well. So we've got Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Blog Talk Radio and TuneIn. We're also on YouTube and Facebook. So you can check us out on YouTube, which is just Uncensored Radio. And, of course, Facebook at My Uncensored Radio. Check us out there as well. Just a reminder that Power Rangers, once and always, will premiere today on the 19th sometime in your part of the world. Let's have a look at those dates, that date and time again. April 19th, Global Morphin Times, 12 a.m. in Los Angeles, 3 a.m. in New York, 8 a.m. in London, 5 p.m. in Sydney. If I haven't covered you, 
hopefully your time zone is there. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us on Uncensored Radio. And we will see you again really, really soon. Uh, bye, guys. And, you know, it's morphin' time. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.